Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Please sign up for my newsletter at zibbyowens.com for weekly updates about my podcasts, events, and more. Also, follow me on Instagram at zibbyowens and also at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. And finally, join my virtual book club called Zibby's Virtual Book Club, which meets every other Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time until 3 p.m. and features half an hour of book club discussion, followed by 30 minutes of Q&A with the author whose book we've just discussed. You can sign up on my website, zibbyowens.com, under the virtual book club section, or even on Instagram under the link in my bio. I hope you'll find me in all these different channels and enjoy this podcast. Hi, everybody. So today, the sponsor for my podcast is my other podcast. I am launching Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. It launched Monday, October 12th. And hopefully it'll stick around for a long time. It features uh, women talking to other women about their journeys of their bodies and getting tips and commiseration and all the things we need so that we don't feel alone in trying to make our bodies feel better tomorrow than they do today. So check out Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. And it's also a community now on Instagram at Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. So if you fall into that category like I do and so many of us, um, come join us. The door is open. The last author in my children's book blast is Eva Chen. I'm saving the best for last because she is absolutely sensational and you will adore her when you hear this episode. Eva Chen is a New York City native who despises writing about herself in the third person in a biography. This is funny because I read like a zillion bios and that's just That makes me laugh. Anyway, she has worked as an editor and writer at Elle, Teen Vogue, Wall Street Journal Magazine, and Vogue China. She was the editor-in-chief of Shopping Tome Lucky and now flexes her shopping fashion muscles as the director of fashion partnerships at Instagram. She lives in Manhattan with her husband and two kids. Some of her books, by the way, are A is for Awesome, 23 Iconic Women Who Changed the World, Juno Valentine and the Magical Shoes, Juno Valentine and the Fantastic Fashion Adventure, 321 Awesome, 20 Fearless Women Who Dared to Be Different. And now her latest book, which we're discussing today, is Roxy, The Last Unisaurus Rex. Enjoy. Welcome, Eva. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I am super in awe of your rainbow stacks behind you. Thank you. Yes, they're all over. This is my pride and joy. Yeah, they go all the way up. You have like the dream state of like, library. Yes. I actually just on Instagram the other day, I posted, I was like, I don't buy shoes. I buy books because you're like all about fashion (laughs) and I am not. I'm like, you know, that's not my strong suit, but books uh, is like my addiction. The only thing you need to make that library even more perfect is a ladder. Like in Beauty and the Beast, when Belle swings with her arm, you know, the scene I'm talking about. Actually growing up and still in my mother's apartment, she has like a library that's like kind of a a maroony color and they have, and she has a ladder. Yeah. In fact, it's so, it actually does this weird thing where it like folds up, you know, like it's like an antique. I can't, so yeah, I don't know if I could go there, but. (laughs) I think think you should just embrace the beauty and the beast life and get a, get a library ladder that I truly dream of having like a floor to ceiling library with like a ladder, but with two very young children, three and five, not good to have ladders just hanging out. I have four children and my youngest is five and he likes to climb up this chair and try to like grab books all the way to the top when I'm I'm on Zoom. So yeah. Yeah. 
my son does that too. Like I'll turn around and he will literally somehow be at the top of a bookshelf, but there's no like climbing surfaces. He literally like Spider-Man scales the bookshelves and it's constantly stressful. I'm always like, where is he? Like what's going on? And one of the characters in my first book series, Gino Valentine is named Finn Valentine. And he's just like always getting into trouble. And he was a little bit inspired by my three-year-old son. Tell. There's yeah. there's no lack of material when you have little kids. I feel like every day I'm like, this could be a book. That could be a book. <laughs> really like a zoo. It's a constant like circus, zoo, like anything chaotic. It's 2020 chaos. Yeah. Chaos squared or something. So how did you, so you have had this whole fashion career. You were the editor-in-chief of Lucky, which is so cool. I love that bag. In fact, I went to some event once a while ago and they gave out these free Lucky totes. And I used it all the time. It had like pink letters on a white tote. This is like ages yes. ago. Yeah, it was like Lucky Shops. It was probably the event Lucky Shops. Yeah, I don't know what it, what it was. Yeah. But it, you know how sometimes a tote just like makes it into your rotation for whatever reason. It's like the perfect length or weight or something. Anyway, that was my right. bag for a long time. Wonderful. Yeah, I was at Lucky for two years and I was at a magazine called Teen Vogue before that, which is like the little sister version like the woke little sister version of Vogue. I was there for about seven years and I was at Elle magazine before that. And now I'm at Instagram working on the fashion team there. But really, yeah, it's kind of been this like weird path, you know, from, you know, I'm a first generation American. I liked, my mom was always very fashionable, but I never thought I would end up working in fashion. And now to work in the tech world, it's like, it's all been this kind of crazy adventure that I never would have predicted. It's like a very windy path to where I am now. Now I'm writing children's books, which is like, like the dream in life. It's come true. (laughs) I saw in one of your Instagram posts that you said, like, that's really what you wanted to do. Like, and that people were surprised by that. Like, all you really want to do is write children's books. (laughs) Yeah. I remember when I, I, I left, I think it was Teen Vogue that I left. And so that probably was like, about seven years ago, Amy Astley was the editor-in-chief then, and she's now the editor-in-chief of Architectural Digest. And it was Amy Astley I did an interview with, and Anna Wintour, who was the editorial director of Team Vogue, being the editor-in-chief of Vogue. And I remember both of them were like, oh, like, tell us about your experience, and like, where do you see yourself? What is like your goal? What is like the dream? And I remember most people say something like, I want to be a stylist or I want to be a designer or I really want to be an artist, you know, or design, whatever it is. And I was like, I just really want to write children's books. It's my dream. And they were both like, oh, we have not heard that one before. <laughs> and yeah. So it's, it's, I think it's because I, I grew up kind of feeling like, you know, as a, child of immigrants, like in this like kind of in-between state of like, you know, I'm living in America. I'm very proud to be an American, but, you know, I speak Chinese purely at home. Like English was not my first language and still is not my parents, you know, primary language. And there was this sense of feeling kind of like, I don't know where I fit in. I don't know where I belong. And I think that I always kind of turn to books as a place that like, you know, they didn't know my background. I just could fit into these worlds. And I read books probably like a lot of young ladies and now gentlemen read like the Ramona books were like, you know, Beverly Clearly, like they, they just really informed a lot of my personality, I think. And now as a mother, I remember reading those books and thinking like, this is like the perfect little girl. And I see those traits in my daughter. I'm like, I love her spunkiness and quirkiness. And I think back, it's like, oh my God, I like 
wished this. I wished for this. I wished for like a girl like Ramona Quimby, you know? And, you know, I read books like The Babysitter's Club, which like I think is... I got a signed copy of Babysitter, The Babysitter's Club, like like Christie's Great Idea from Ann Martin. Around the time Netflix launched their series, I think they sent out like, you know, uh, first editions because that would be like just way too much for me. But like my brain would explode. And then when I got it, I was like, oh my God, like I can't believe like Ann Martin touched this. So I've always kind of been a book nerd. And so it's truly like, you know what it's like, like working from home. It's like the constant interruptions and you're like, I just need some quiet. But it's truly a dream come true to be writing children's books. Sorry, Zibi, I literally talk and run on sentences. I talk a lot. So I love it. Uh, That's the whole point is getting to know you. That's like, if you weren't talking, this would be a very awkward conversation. <laughs> I, true. Like, I am interested in what you're saying. So don't worry about it. There's been, this, this is great. I just want to hear. So Roxy, the last Unisaurus, is that what it's called? The last? So amazing. Yes, the last Unisaurus Rex. Yeah, it's like, it's my new baby. I'm very excited about Roxy. It's adorable. I love it. I love the message and the illustrations and the whole thing. It's just so cute. But it does come again from this place of like feeling alone a little bit, like a like an outsider of sorts. Do you feel like that came from what you were just referring to, like your first generation? Yeah, yes. It was interesting because, so I wrote Roxy when my daughter, who is now five, almost six, she's always loved dinosaurs, like always gravitated towards dinosaurs, would see dinosaurs on a onesie and like would be happy, plays with T-Rexes and Stegosauruses, always running into my room asking me like, have you seen the Triceratops? And I'm like, I just stepped on it. It was three horns, (laughs) like not so comfortable on the feet. And so I really wrote Roxy because she had an incident with a friend who was like, well, don't you know that like girls don't like dinosaurs, girls like, you know, princesses and unicorns. And she was like kind of crestfallen. She, she like, it was a kind of a cool older friend who was like, you know, probably seven at the time. And she was like, is it true? Like, am I not supposed to like dinosaurs? Like, am I only supposed to like unicorns? And she likes unicorns too, but like, not like the passion she has for dinosaurs. And so that's how the idea of Roxy really came about was that like, you can like dinosaurs, you can like unicorns, you can like both. Why not make a dinocorn, like a Unisaurus Rex? But it's interesting because when I announced the book, probably it must have been in March that I announced it, a lot of people kind of found different meanings that resonated with them. And so I had some, you know, followers reach out and they were like, you know, is, is this an allegory for being biracial? And I was like, could be. And then I had other followers say, like, I'm the parent to a non-gender child. Like, and is Roxy about that? And I'm like, honestly, like, okay. You know, <laughs> like, I think that's the magic of children's books is that people read the children's books and they'll find what they need from it. It's very, you know, it's like in Harry Potter, the room of requirement, like, you know, where Harry and his friends can only find it when this room, when they need it. And it gives you what you need at the time. I think that's the thing with children's books. It's like, they should allow kids to kind of see themselves in a myriad of ways. And so, you know, it's Roxy is trying to figure out where she fits in. She doesn't fit in with the regular triceratops, the stegosauruses and triceratops don't want to hang with her. The velociraptors just run away from her. And so it's about finding her place in the school. And yes, dinosaurs go to school. So like, it's kind of, I I hope, um, a story that a lot of little kids will take some comfort from, but it's also like funny and weird. And there are lots of pop culture references. Like, of course, there's like a Mean Girls reference. Of course, there's like a Royal Tenenbaums reference because like, you got to have like those Easter eggs for the parents so that they're not like bored out of their minds reading like 
you know, the same book for the 6,000th time. Well, thank you for that on behalf of all parents. (laughs) (laughs) And how did you, tell me about the publication of your first children's book. Like how did the whole journey begin? I know you wanted to do it, but like when you sat down and did it the first time, tell me about that. Yeah. So I, when I was at Teen Vogue, a mutual friend introduced me to my now book agent, Kate. And the, the Kate was like, oh my gosh, I'd love for you to write a, I was a beauty editor at the time. So I was focusing on like skincare and beauty tips and self-esteem. And I wrote a lot about, you know, health issues for younger women. And so she was like, I really want you to write a book that's like, you know, a biography and then also like tips on style and advice. And, you know, I was super behind on that. And every year it's like, she had a calendar invite to remind me to be like, where's that book? And finally one day I emailed her. I was like, I have my book. I wrote it. And she was like, oh my God, thank you. And I was like, it's a children's book. And she was like, Ah, not what I was expecting. And so that book was Juno Valentine and the Magical Shoes. It's about a little girl who loses her favorite pair of shoes. And then she travels through like time and space to find her shoes and encounters like icons from like Gloria Steinem, Anna Wintour, Yayo Kusama. And so it's kind of like a fashion feminist fairy tale in a way. And so we have Juno Valentine, The Magical Shoes. The sequel to that is Juno Valentine and the Fantastic Fashion Adventure. And then I have two board books. One is called Ace for Awesome. And the new one is called 321 Awesome. It's coming out on the same day as Roxy, which is like a little like did not expect to have two books coming out on the same day, but I love these books. The board books have become, like I've seen a lot of teachers kind of add them to their classrooms, which, you know, as a, I feel like that's the highest compliment as an author, but the new book has Megan Rapinoe and Rihanna and Greta Thunberg on the cover. And there's a lot of diversity in it from Twyla Tharp and Temple Grandin to Sonia Sotomayor. Uh, so Zaha Hadid and spoiler alert, Sonia Sotomayor is in it and Ada Lovelace. So we try to kind of have different women and their accomplishments. And, you know, a lot of people say, oh, it's a little girl's book. It's a great book to give little girls. Like people should buy it for their sons too. Not just saying that because I'm an author and I want you to buy my books, but like, you know, I do think I went to an all girls school as did you. And, you know, I do think there's this element of the earlier you're exposed to the accomplishments of women, like the better. And that shouldn't just be for girls and empowering girls. You want little boys to grow up knowing like, hey, like a woman can be an executive, a woman can be a Supreme Court justice, she can do many things, she can be an activist, she can be a pro soccer player. And it's just about about exposure. Kids learn through osmosis and they learn when, you know, you expose them to things. So yeah, I have strong feelings about this. No, it's true. I mean, kids should learn that anyone, like anybody who accomplishes something really cool should be celebrated and used as a role model, man or woman. You know what I mean? Like it shouldn't have to be that most, well, anyway, it's, it's absolutely true. hundred percent, but it shouldn't have to be like, look, women can do it too. It should just be natural. Like, yeah, look, look at what these awesome women did. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to like, exactly. it's, you know, this year is obviously a really weird, stressful, dramatic, traumatizing. Let's throw in all the kind of alarming adjectives in there. It's been a really rough year. And, you know, normally around this time, I'd be setting off on a book tour. I would be like, for each of my books, I've like gone on 10 to, you know, 15 city book tour, book tours. And I go to these events and I really like you feed off the energy of these readings and all these young children and especially like young girls and, you know, seeing that they see themselves in a book. And, you know, I'm not doing that this year for obvious reasons, COVID. But, you know, I, I just think that hearing that message that, I realized like on these book tours, honestly, that like 
not every child hears that message that you can do. You, you should dream big. You should go after what you want. You can, you can achieve great things. And that's a luxury. I've been doing a lot of fundraising for public school teachers recently. And it's a cause that's really close to my heart. And I, I, I do hope these books kind of send that message to children, even if they're not hearing it in their personal lives and in their own lives. Absolutely. By the way, I actually went to an event of yours for A is for Awesome at Bloomingdale's with Darcy Miller. I mean, I brought my girls to this event because I've known Darcy for a long time. In fact, she was also on this podcast. And I tried to get your book, but the line was so long. (laughs) People were like around, like through all the different aisles, Bloomingdale's to like sign up and get your book. And I was like, who is that? Like what on earth? (laughs) What's the line? I'll send you a sign. No. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I really love signing books and like writing messages. I didn't have a lot of, I had a lot of books growing up. My parents always were very generous with books, but you know, I didn't really have any signed books growing up. And now to me, like I met the author of, I don't know if you've read the Dory Phantasmagoria series. It's like a great early reader chapter book for kids. My daughter loves them. And the author's name is Abby Hamlin. And it was at this bookstore called Books of Wonder, which is like my local bookstore. It's like this gem of a bookstore in uh, the Flatiron District. It's been open. Yeah, it's so great. It's like been open for like 45 years and it's only children's books. And so I spent a lot of time there when I was researching my books, but also it's like, it's this like magical meeting spot for authors. And so I bumped into the author of Dory Fantasmagory and like, I fangirled out so hard. It was like so awkward. I was like, oh my God, wait, wait, I have to come back. Like I have to bring my daughter. And she was like, okay. And I was like, I love you. You're such a great writer. And anyway, she signed all the books and it was just very special like to have something that, you know, the author touched and that has a special message for the child. I think that's like the best gift. Totally. I went to this Brooklyn Book Festival event for Children's Mm -hmm. Brooklyn Book Festival last year. And like all these authors were there and my son had just gone to boarding school. And one of his favorite authors who now I'm blanking on, who wrote New Kid, who's like super famous. And I cannot believe I'm forgetting his name. Anyway, he was there and I was like, hey, could you like sign a book? You're my son's favorite author right now. And just maybe even like, could I video a message where you're like, don't be homesick. It's all good. You know? And so he did. Oh, I know. It was, so so it was amazing. And yeah, whenever like Vashti Harrison came over and like drew a little monkey oh, for my son. And I know so cool. I love all this stuff. I'm like, so into it. I like have the coolest gig going here. I have to say, <laughs> if you're, if you have like a fangirl author syndrome as I do as well, yeah. this is like the greatest thing. I remember going to like book con or book expo, which for like the people listening is like comic con, but for books. And I met Jody Pico who has written, as you know, like just like reams of books. And I remember being like, Oh my God, like, how do you do it? And she was like, so nice. And now we're like Instagram DM friends, but like, it's always weird because I've had these like books in my homes, apartments, et cetera. Like, and to, when you meet the person behind it, it's like, almost mythical. Like I am more starstruck by, I think, authors than I am by, you know, actors and actresses and models. Like like I'm so used to like meeting, it sounds like very like, you know, I don't know, like, I don't even know what it sounds like, but it's like, sounds. I'm like very used to like fashion and models and designers. But when I meet an author, I'm like, oh my God, it's, it's, it's Ross Chast, you know, her illustration. Uh, and uh, I can't talk to her. No, no. Like, you know, people be like, go talk to her. And I'm like, I can't talk to her. Awkward. And like, 
I don't know what to say. And so I am often like that. I met the author of The Day the Crayons Quit, like, you know, which has literally been on the New York Times for like, since like 1882. It's, it's been on the like New York Times children's books list for like ever. Oliver Jeffers is his name. And I was like, super like, oh my God. And he's this like cool guy with like tattoos and like a beard and he's Irish. And I was like, I did not know these things about you. So it's fun to put like a face to a name, like a on a spine. I could not agree more. Actually, I'm interviewing him next week. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. yeah. We share a book birthday, which is like, not going to lie, slightly daunting because it's like, so my new book, Roxy, comes out the same day. I was like, oh, what day does your book come out? And he was like, October 6th. And I was like, okay, my book is coming out the same day as literally like one of the most celebrated children's book authors like of this generation. And yeah, not sure, not that it's a competition, not sure how little Roxy, little, little Roxy has spirit. She has glitter coming out of her unicorn horn. She has a tutu. So she has a lot of things going for her too. I actually think it's a good thing because people, if they're going to go get his book somewhere, like let's say, like your book will be out on the table if people go to a bookstore right there. Like it, it will bring them to shopping for children's books at that moment, maybe more than on a random day. Your, your, listen, your mouth to yeah, you. We'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll see what happens. It, it would be amazing. But yeah, I'm really, I'm excited about this book. And I think that she's like very sassy. And I think that little kids will really like Absolutely. her. I actually yeah. have a, a two book deal with Penguin Random House for children's books also. I have two coming out. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. Wendy. Yeah. Oh my so exciting. When? Not like forever. Yeah. Probably t- sometime in 2021, 20, 22. I've already written it. It's a, a series about a, oh, a girl named Princess Charming. So. Oh my God, I love that. Children's books. I did not realize when I was going into the process that it is like long and slow. You know, people are like, oh, it's like a 32 page, you know, book. Like, why does it take so long? And it's like, you have no idea. Like literally, like I'm talking with my editor about like, 2022, you know? So well, it also depends, like if it's a picture book, yours sounds like a chapter no, it's a picture book, book, maybe. Picture book. Oh, it's a picture yeah. book. Okay. So it like, it takes longer than you expect. And then all the details, do you have the illustrator already? Yes, but she's working on something else. So, you know, okay. it's like a oh, yeah. it's going to take a while. And then right now, because I'm, I'm sure by the time your book publishes, but like the COVID delays have been significant. I know for not, not this book, but the predecessor to 321 Awesome is A is for Awesome. Like A is for Awesome was like, I mean, this is like everyone's dream problem, right? But it was sold out nationally, like literally, like even Amazon was like out of stock. And I was like, how does this happen? But it took a long time even to get more because of the delays and because of COVID and the factories and and whatnot. Well, sometimes being sold out makes it just, you know, on the top of everyone's list. So yeah, it's like, it's like a hot handbag that you just want because you can't get it. Exactly. Black market, black market for A is for awesome is starting. I know we're almost out of time, but I just, I have to add, well, two more things. One, I wanted to know if you had advice for aspiring authors, but I also have to just hear a little bit about what it's like being head of fashion at Instagram and what that even means. That is such a cool job. Yeah. Okay. Advice for aspiring authors. Number one, as I was saying earlier, it's like, it takes a lot, it's longer and more complex than you think. For children's book authors, I would try to write from the point of view of from two point of views, like a, the six-year-old or seven-year-old that's hearing it or reading it themselves. And so is the language complex enough that it's like 
not boring, but also like easy enough that they can read themselves. And there's, I remember with my first Juno book, I had the word cornucopia in it. It was like a cornucopia of shoes. And my editor and I like tussled over it because I was like, I love the word cornucopia. I want Ren, my daughter, to be like, what's a cornucopia? It's just like a funny word, you know? And so we like ended up keeping it in. And it's like, I love doing the reading. And so read it, reading it from the parents' perspective too, you know, what pages are they going to like kind of, you know, open and it's going to be like a huge surprise. What kind of moments will have like the best emotion? It's like this one should like, one should read a book in voices, you know? And so like this spread in Roxy, it's like, can I tell you a secret? Get a little closer, closer, too close. Like, I, I don't know if it's because I have two young kids, but I literally read the books like out loud as I'm designing them. I also approach like the children's book space probably in a little bit of an unconventional way where it's like I work very closely with the art director to, to design it just because because I came from a magazine background where I would say like oh move the caption three millimeters over and let's change like I, I'm not into this like type that we have on this like you know cover story can we do something that's like a serif you know and so I think that it was an unconventional experience for the good people at Macmillan Kids at Fywell and Friends my publisher because they kind of were like most authors are a little bit more hands-off, but I just couldn't be because I was like, even down to like the color of the sparkle, like I looked at glitter swatches because I wanted something that would like reflect in a certain way. And like the number of little glitter kind of stars, come, sparkles coming out of Roxy's horn, I was kind of like obsessed with. And so aspiring authors, I mean, honestly, this is like stolen advice, but like Stephen King has an amazing book called On Writing. And I tabbed they kind of put a post-it note on one of the pages where he said that the first draft you write for yourself and the second draft you write for the reader. And I think that's true as well. So it's like, just get that first draft out and then you go back and look at it from a different perspective of like the editor or the reader. And then the second question was, what's it like working at Instagram? It's great, except right now we don't have an office. You know, it's, I've been work from home since February because uh, I was in Milan at Fashion Week in enclosed spaces with people who now confirmed are to be COVID super spreaders. Gotta love that. Gotta love that. And I came back from Milan. I go to the shows or I used to go to the shows twice a year to like, you know, to manage the, to kind of build on the relationships that I have with whether it's an editor, whether it's a model, whether it's a stylist, a designer or creative director, you know, and my role is basically to help these people storytell on Instagram and figure out their strategy on Instagram. And it's been five years there. And now a lot of my job is based around a strategy of like, what is next for fashion on Instagram? And I very much think it's shopping on Instagram. Actually, like there are some authors who are doing the way like people drop the new pair of off-white sneakers or like the new kind of hot new hoodie from the brand Supreme. Well, Supreme isn't doing this yet, but like, you know, the way people drop clothing and do these limited edition launches, people are doing that with books now on Instagram. And so I remember a few months ago when we rolled out Instagram live shopping, so like you could be live on Instagram and buying a book, you know? So there was, there's these authors called the Compton Cowboys. It's literally like these guys in Compton who created this like, you know, horseback riding movement and they kind of just ride around on horseback in Compton. <laughs> you might 
check it out. They have an amazing Instagram and it's meant to build like, you know, like a community. It builds like self-confidence for the young people who are learning how to ride horses and it's awesome. But they did this like Instagram live ride along where they were like horseback riding through Compton talking about their book. And I was watching this and I was like, this is like brilliant because it's like, you know, as an author, imagine doing an Instagram live and kind of talking through the details of like every book where I can say like, oh, you know, like for this spread, it's a reference to Mean Girls. And like in this book, there's a, there's a secret clue that's related to Juno Valentine. There's a picture of a shoe that we put in that is a shoe that we have in Juno Valentine. But imagine being able to do that while someone can just tap a button on Instagram and buy the book at the same time. It will probably be fully rolled out by the time your book comes out. I was like, did I miss that that's a feature? Like, I want to do that right away. Are you with, you're with Random House or HarperCollins? For the children's book, Penguin Random House. But I mean, I want to do it when I do, I do tons of Instagram lives with authors. I had a whole like Instagram live series during the pandemic, but I'd love to have them on and then be able to have them sell their book or, you know, I'd link to where you can buy the book. It's a work in progress. So that's the team that I spend a lot of time on right now, which is like dreaming up how will we, like, I don't know, like about you, but I am often on Instagram and I'm like, oh my God, I love the tote bag that Zibby's carrying. Like, where's that tote bag from? And like the current experience is like, you tap the tote bag and you're like, okay, she tagged the brand. It's a brand, it's a brand called Cool, Cool, K-U-L-E. And I'm like, ooh, it's like so cute. And then I'll tap it and then I'll go to their, it's just like very like whiny. And so I think that what people really want is like to tap it and to see it, tap it and just like buy it. Like I could, if I see the pillow that you post on your Instagram in your library, like just to be like, ooh, I love it. And just like pick it up and buy it. So that's what we're working on. That's so cool. But that's like a full-time job, obviously. And then like at night, like, you know, right now I'm working from home. So if I have like a 15 minute break between like video conferences, I run like the two blocks to Books of Wonder. I grab a stack of books because I personalize there like literally three times a week. And then I'll like run home with the stack of books. And then I'm like signing these books and then I like run back or I'll give them to my husband and be like, go, go. And I spend nights kind of doing the, the book stuff. It's like, I don't know, as a mom, like you learn to like kind of divide your time very carefully. And I think that's how I've been able to write, I guess, like six books working on a seventh, like by now, um, while having an extremely full-time job. Wow. Yeah. It's like giving, what you said before, didn't you say this before, give a busy person something to do? Or no, somebody else said that or whatever. It's an expression, but it's true. What? Like I actually would take that expression to another level and say like, give, if you need something done, give it to a mom. You know, like it's not even a busy person, give it to a mom because literally the mom's going to be like, I don't have patience for this. Like, boom, get it done. Or the mom will be like, that's not important. Like, we're not going to do that. I love that. It's so true. Yeah. It's like, do I need to label every like folder for my child's like Zoom school? No. Are you kidding? No. (laughs) Well, someone asked me on my Instagram, someone was like, what are your top tips for organization of the child's work from home space? I'm like, dude, literally like, box of crayons, some paper, and like the laptop. Like I, I am not going to, like they were like, how do you color code the folders for her different assignments? And I'm like, I'm not doing that. Sorry. No. <laughs> not no. Just like as long as we do the assignments, that's all we need. Yeah. Maybe one giant binder for everything if we're lucky and I can find the whole binder. Yeah, we went to the container store. Oh, she, my, my kids are younger, but like we went to the container store and they have these like big bins and like neon colors. And I was like, you get to choose 
a bin. It was like $2. Yes. And I was like, choose some stickers. And she was like, oh, and I was like, yes, school's so exciting on the computer. It's so great on the computer. So yeah, it's like, you got to drum up that excitement and hype them up and stickers in a big pink tub. We'll, we'll do that. that that'll do, it'll do it. It'll do the trick. Amazing. That'll do it. Yeah. Well, thank you, Eva. This was so fun. And I really hope to meet you. I know we're both in the city here. So maybe when things yeah. get back to normal or something, we could take a walk. One day. One day. One day we shall meet in person. <laughs> and maybe we'll even be four feet apart, not six Ooh. feet apart. It would be like so dare, um, dare to dream. Yeah. Dare to dream. Exactly. It was so nice to you meet too. you again. Congrats again on Roxy and best of luck with the lunch. And I hope this helps you. <laughs> Anything book-wise or as you embark on your own book journey, let me know. I'm happy to Thank help. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Okay. Have a great Bye. day. Bye. Thanks for listening to day five of the Children's Book Blast. And thank you for anybody who's listened to all of these episodes. I hope there are people out there who have heard them all because they're all fantastic. So this concludes the week of the Children's Book Blast and look forward to more awesome author interviews next week and every week thereafter until who knows. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I know I enjoyed recording it. Don't forget to check out my new podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. Pretty soon, moms won't have time to listen to podcasts. And check out the Instagram community that goes along with it. And if you would like to join, please request to join. It's for anyone who wants to feel body better in their body tomorrow than they do today. And it's a supportive group of like-minded souls who just need the community to achieve their goals. Moms don't have time to lose weight. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Music.